tuning in to episode 104 of Fired Up. Check us out at FiredUpSports.com. I'm Mike Toledo. Joining me as always is Dom Consul and Kristen Chia. Um, we are very excited for this week's show. It's, it's funny. When uh, me and Dom started this show about two years ago, I asked him who he wanted to get on the show, and his answer was anybody from the 2008 Phillies uh, World <laughs> Series team. And uh, today that dream becomes a reality. Former Phillies pitcher and host of Derbs on Phillies in the East, Chad Durbin, welcome to the show. What's going on? I'm excited, man. That's a, I love the rolling right there. Seeing all those highlights and Victorino hitting bombs off Sabathia, Eagles win Super Bowls. Like it's, that's fun to watch right there. It, it's in a calm, it, it's everything that, you know, the Philly sports, like the peak, especially like the, talking Phillies, obviously from the 08, really the time you were here, 08 to 10, 11, 12, kind of the peak of Phillies baseball, really in our lifetime, really maybe even ever you could honestly yeah. say but um just just awesome times there from that that 08 to 11 run well and also too like obviously you know you lived it we did too but like very differently so you know yep. being the 12 year old or 15 year old that we were like it, it's uh something that you know we, i get chills every time i see it so i'm sure you do too you know all, all, the, all that stuff that's the feeling when you're there and you're winning that much and in front of that many people in a city and a fan base is going nuts about you. I mean, you can't go to Best Buy back then and, and without you know somebody, what DVD do you want? Well, I'll buy it for you. It was just exciting. You felt like a 15-year-old yourself because it felt like travel ball. It felt like Little League all over again because of the caliber of play. Just excited to get to the field and roll in the clubhouse and whatever music was playing, everybody was happy. Just, you know, and, and that's what it's like when you hear there's they have a good clubhouse and the Phillies did last year. And you hear about these other teams. We had a great clubhouse. And that's what kind of plays in is that you just, you know, you really do get that feeling that you got as fans. We got them as players. When you're looking out at Jimmy Rollins, you're looking out at Chase Elliott, you're just excited to see them do well and make plays. You have their back when they suck. I mean, it's just it's fun. Uh, Chad, to be honest, the coolest feeling that I had growing up in that era was uh, I lived like right close to the stadium. So the coolest uh, experience I had was watching Lidge throw that final pitch, but hearing the cheer before I saw the strikeout on the screen. Like that's how close that I grew up to to the stadium. Wow. So like reliving that memory and like being able to tell my family, like I heard it before I saw the World Series end. How incredible is that? That's, that's, you know, my, my vantage point was from the bullpen. Um, I warmed up a couple of times to get in that game on both days that it was, um, you know, that we had the game. And, you know, my, my, you know, being where, you know, where the bullpen is, everybody listening knows where the bullpen is in Philly, but I got to look out there and I had that, you know, I looked around the crowd at the towels and I looked around at the players and just the nervous energy of guys. And, didn't really hit me. I mean, I knew how many fans we had. It didn't really hit me till the parade. And and I didn't even I was such a it was such a blur that I didn't even realize it was Halloween until I saw about 15 Spider-Man before we even got to Broad. I was like, what the heck is going on? My wife was like, it's Halloween. I was like, we're terrible parents. <laughs> when, when, yeah, when, when I when that that year, um I that was like when the Dark Knight came out and I was the Joker. I was like, it was like 12, yeah. So uh, the, the Joker, the, the Joker was like the big costume. So I was the Joker. It was so you, like I said, it was Halloween, and we're sitting there watching. Me and my 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 parents were watching it, 
watching the parade, and all of a sudden we look to the right, and there's a there's a grown there's a grown man. He's in his forties, fifties, dressed as the Joker. Like it was it was just it, it was Everybody's incredible. Living their best lives. Yeah. <laughs> but I I kind of wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about 08. Um, so like uh, the things that I, I I was not alive in '93. Um, I think Mike was very 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 young, oh, year old, yeah, and not even. Um, and neither, Chris was not alive either. So uh, the, the things that I've read about the '93 team, like they just knew early on, like they had this like spark in the, in the, in the clubhouse. Did you guys feel that in 08 you think, or I think it took until cause Lidge was new. You had other pieces that were new. You had uh, Eaton that was on the ropes and I, I used my throwing partner. I loved Adam, you know, Adam to death, but you had to kind of figure out who you were And the Mets were, were good, you know, for a couple of years before that, you're still kind of, you know, getting away from the Braves and all their, you know, their years. So I think it took until about, late May, early June, and then there's a stretch going into the All-Star break where we started to gel as a team. We weren't necessarily winning a bunch of games, and we came back from the All-Star break and really felt – because a lot of guys made the All-Star team. You had a bunch of guys doing well. Charlie was there, um, I believe, in 08 for – it was 09 that he was um, on the All-Star team's uh, management or, you know, their, their coaching staff. But it just felt different. And when we made the run from the All-Star break through – mid-September and I couldn't even tell you what the record was the feeling is what you're asking about too and that's what I when I talked to Crocky and I talked about when you talk to the guys from the 93 team and other teams I played on that made late runs like it was it was the feeling in the clubhouse was excited to get there everybody you weren't just worried about doing your single job although that was an important piece of it you were willing to sit in a film room with somebody else for two hours and look at what they wanted to look at like I go sit down with Pat Burrell and, and Chase Utley, not necessarily add a ton to their conversation or whatever they're looking at, but I'm in it. I want to see what you're looking at. Oh, you're looking at see if this guy's tipping on video and, you know, eating lunch with them while they're looking and in the gym, you know, whatever it is. You were running sprints with guys. It was just – it was fun. It was teams eating dinners together on the road. It was families getting together before, um, you know, maybe on an off day, everybody kind of, you know, spreads out but they, that wasn't the case of that team you wanted to go play golf with three or four of them you wanted to be with the guys and that's still the case now I, I mean rather than do almost anything i'd rather go hang out with those guys you know and that that it's special winning is that now i've said it before i played for jim leland in 06 and 07 and he said it to me leaning on a fungo in the outfield i was like you know pretty good team and he was like man i'll tell you something about teams you want to see a team with chemistry i'll show you a team that's winning you show me a team that's winning, and I'll show you chemistry. He said it both those ways. And he's leaning on his fungo in his cleats because he wore cleats every day. And Jim Leland said that. And that's kind of the feeling that Charlie Manuel had. Charlie was a big reason why we had such chemistry is that he knew which guys he needed to light up and which guys he needed to just walk by and pat on the shoulder. No words need to be said. And he had a really good feel there on how to manage the egos. And that's what I think he's so good at. And what he was so good at. So that's that's kind of what I got. The 93 team felt like they had a – you knew who you were going to see or who you were going to play if you were playing them. And in 08, and really in 09, as much as 08, you knew who you were playing when you played the Phillies. We're going to do this well, this well, this well, and you're going to have to beat us. Uh, Chad, real quick on top, I know you were just talking about, like, managing egos. So one thing that we know as fans or what we perceived as fans is that you know, Jimmy Rollins was the guy that kind of had that alter ego who would, like, carry the team behind, say we're the team to beat. Who was one of those quiet guys on that team that had, like, 
that ego that we're going to go out and we're going to kill, but didn't quite portray it to the media or to the fans. Well, I think you got to know it over the years, but Chase Utley was that guy. Like Jimmy and Chase were arguably about equally talented. You know, I mean, you really break down everything. They're both all-stars. They're both guys that are going to nudge the Hall of Fame. They're both guys that are going to be on the Phillies Wall of Fame, but two completely different personalities. One guy enjoyed the show and in, in, in meaning the cameras and didn't mind, you know, getting in front of a camera and saying, hey, we're the team to beat. You had another guy that was, you know, kind of the perfect yin, yin and yang. The other guy was just going to put his head down and not play the game pretty. Jimmy, it was easy for Jimmy. I'm not saying pretty because he was trying to make it pretty. He was just really good at baseball. Really smooth, one of the better shortstops I ever played with. And I played with a couple really good ones. Um, so I, I, I'll leave names out of it. I mean, look up my card. I had a lot of, a lot of teams <laughs> I played on, Omar Vizquel and those guys. But Jimmy was so good at it that he made it look like he wasn't trying sometimes. It is hard to make it look that easy. Then you had Chase Utley who made turning a double play look hard. Like it was, it was Philly through and through. We work hard. We're going to be bloodied up, and we're going to pop you in the mouth if we have to to get our point across. Well, that was also Chase. So you, both of them kind of fit to me what you needed on a team. And then you had all the quiet leaders. Like Ryan Howard was swinging a 35-inch bat, hitting 58 home runs a year. Didn't have to talk. <laughs> he, didn't have, he never had to worry about 50 cameras in front of him after a game when he failed. He just got to go be Ryan Howard. And what power – is in that for young players as they came through. Jason Worth got to go be himself as he was developing into being Jason Worth. You know, you had guys come in like Jeff Jenkins, who had been around for a long time. He almost gets forgotten about outside of, you know, hitting a big, you know, double and, 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 you know, being such a team leader. But he was quietly, he quietly yielded the position to Worth. That could have been a mess. And because you wanted to win, I wanted to be the fifth starter worse than I ever wanted to throw in the seventh inning. We're scoring five runs a game, and I'm throwing better than I ever have in my life. And I had Jimmy Williams, our, our bench coach, and I had uh, Charlie tell me, hey, keep hitting with the, the starters in case you get, you know, it starts coming up. But I think you serve us better in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. And it hurt my soul because I know how much more you get paid to be, you know, a, a 14 and 10, four ERA guy. You get $8 million. If, you, if you're a reliever who does his job, you might get two. That'd be kind of fun, and that's exactly what happened. But what I'm, what we're talking about now, we wouldn't be talking about my 14 and 10 season if we don't have guys to do their job in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. So I think the pen as a whole is kind of what you're asking about too. Is the bullpen kind of personified the quiet, do your job, get it done? Because that team was already a championship level team. They just needed a couple pieces in that pen to go ahead and do what they're supposed to do and get outs in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, and especially the ninth. I mean, Lidge being perfect was huge. But I remember Chase saying to me one time, I had gotten out of another big – I had a good start to the year. And he said it on the bench, sat down next to me. I must have been sitting too close to the bat rack. But he sat down and he was like, all we need is you guys to hold a game close because we're going to score late. Just give us a chance to score three or four runs in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning get to the, their pen, just give us a chance. And that's what they said. And that's not what we've had the last couple of years. So I think that was, you know, all those guys, I mean, I could go through all 29 or 30 guys that played a part on the on the 25 man roster. Uh, but Chase was a huge piece of the persona, the underbelly of who the team was. 
You have no idea how much I'm fangirling right now. <laughs> it was fun stuff, man. I, every time I hear some of the songs that they played for pregame in the World Series, like my 15-year-old son's a sophomore in high school, and he's talking about what songs he should walk up to the plate to in high school. And I'm like, here, watch this, or here, listen to this. I'm like, this was too cool. Like, this is what you need to listen to. And he's like, Dad, you're old. I'm like, is, yeah. he, is he a pitcher? or? He's, he plays both. He's a middle infielder okay. and a pitcher. He, he had a really good year this year as a sophomore, but he's got – I tell him, you know, got to go clock in still. And uh, now that you're really good, now everybody's going to be shooting for you. So let's see how you do that well. But, yeah, he had, a, he had a fun year. I mean, that was, you know, part of the – I almost had the job next to Fransky, and I think it just with L.A. jumping back in the booth and Stalker and everything, it, it turned out that I, I didn't um, end up in the booth a, a bunch. But – the upside to that is that I got to see my 15 year old play a ton of games this year and I would have missed out on a bunch of that. So um, wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm been, it's been exciting, but yeah, he's, he's, he's my, my mom is one of my toughest critics. She said she, <laughs> he is way more polished than you were. at 15. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, re- really quick before, before you go into like the current stuff, I, you mentioned something in there that uh, Jimmy, Jimmy and, and Chase um, on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. I am very, very passionate about this. You can ask either of these guys. Uh, I believe that Jimmy is a for sure Hall of Fame. I have an, a whole article. I would love you to read it, but uh, about, it why, about, about why Jim, Jimmy is up there with some of the best shortstops ever. Um, I think Chase is, should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he'll get in, and, and I Unfortunately, as much as I love Ryan, his his numbers were incredible. It just it just didn't happen long enough. Um, but I, I mean, man, you like just looking at Ryan's stats now, like compared to what we look at the best players in the game today, it's just it's 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 mind boggling. You know, 145 RBIs, 45 oh, homers. Yeah, I, I mean, but um, I, I think for sure Jimmy Jimmy gets in, and I think Chase does get in, and he deserves to get in. But I think it might take a little bit longer for Chase um, due to the position. Really, I think it's really hard to get in as a second baseman. It really is. I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, I think they both. When I think about the Hall of Famers I've played with, Chipper, Pudge, like all these different guys, and I they they come into this. It, here's how I think of Hall of Famers: when you are looking at when you're rolling in, I, I almost said Scott Rowland's name almost came out. You know, <laughs> when you're rolling into a, um, a a series with a team, you you know who is, especially at 10, 12, 15 years into their career, Miguel Cabrera, those type of guys, those are Hall of Famers. You are not going to let Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins beat you when you're playing us, which benefits a Ryan Howard, which benefits right. a Jason Worth. Jason Worth, yeah. Same thing with a Chipper Jones. You're not letting Chipper beat you. You know, if you're the Mets, you do all the time, but anybody else, you're not letting them beat you. Um, but I think about like, and, and and this was a little bit of my argument when guys asked me about Scott Rowland. Did I want to face him? No, but I was average as hell for a long time. I, Scott Rowland was going to beat me more times than I was going to beat Scott from a, you know, is he going to hit 280 plus with home run right, with, with some pop off me? Yes, but I didn't fear Scott Rowland the same way that I did all of the rest of these Hall of Famers that that i see and, and i didn't play against them a bunch so i don't have a big book of work there but i when i saw other teams and talked to other pitchers on other teams they're like hey how should i pitch jimmy how should i pitch pitch chase i'm like i'm not telling you <laughs> walk down those steps and live that life all by yourself i'm not doing it for you but yeah i, I think there's a huge arm jimmy's you know mvp year other years where he did some really special things i mean you go 20 20 20 
you know, yeah. or, you know, yeah. you do some really cool things and you win a world series. You, I mean, you just did a bunch of really special things and chase personified that hall of fame feel and we're going to be biased. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, I love the Phillies. I love, you know, the Phillies history and those guys, you know, they changed other organizations when they left. When I talked to guys, they, they came in and gave leadership. They, Chase is a big piece of, of the Dodgers kind of come to form after the Phillies came off of their high horse, you know, when, when 13, 14, as we went down, the, the Dodgers were set up and they brought that guy in to come lead them, you know, here, how should we act in the clubhouse? What kind of work should we put in? So I do, I'm, I, I agree that send me that article. I'd love to read. Yeah, it. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, I, we kind of transitioned into like uh, current Philly stuff. Um, I, the big story kind of right now in, in the Phillies universe is the return eventually of Bryce Harper. Um, the fact that we're even talking about this and it's not even May is crazy to me. Um, his body's just, I guess, built different. Um, but uh, so you, I mean, I know you dealt with uh, Tommy John or pretty early in your career, right? So I, I was I was curious to get your kind of viewpoint and your, kind of what the rehab was like. Um, obviously different pitcher versus hitter, but kind of what Bryce might be going to, not just physically, but from like a mental point of view when it comes to Tommy John. Sure. I, um, you know, I actually on a couple of the Derbs on podcasts, I've, uh, I've touched on it cause it's just relevant. Um, the Sunday night baseball interview with Bryce sitting there, just, he looked bitter and, and, yep. you know, and he should be, he's, he's, it's opening series, Sunday night baseball, and he's not playing. And he talked about some, but I, that, that is the sentiment you have coming, going through the protocol and the grind that is, you know, a, an eight, nine, 10 month protocol. It's actually an 18 month protocol back to like a hundred percent play. <clears throat> I got back to the big leagues inside of a year, which was really tough to do. Uh, had it on September 5th, got back September one, the following year. And I was back to pitching in games in five, six months. So it's not for me when I see Bryce's timeline, it is impressive because he's ahead of where I was, but he's also, there's all these factors that come in. He's got the best doctors on the planet. He's got a bunch of samples of guys that have done it in the past and how their timeline sped up. He doesn't have the throwing part of it. I mean, he just started throwing recently. So if the throwing was a bigger piece to this, then this timeline is stretched out another six to eight weeks. The mental side of it, I don't – you get so excited to get back, you're almost more mentally strong than you were before. That's scary about a guy like Bryce is that, you know, you almost look at it like, you know, any kind of struggle that might happen, it ain't that bad. You know, like I go 0 for 10 with a line out and some double play, but so what? I'm just going to keep coming and, and clocking in and going to work. The The emotional side, I'm surprised my wife – we're – creeping up on 20 years here. I'm surprised she even stayed with me. I was such a prick. <laughs> I was mean as a snake. I was competing at everything. And that meant like this spaghetti sucks. You know, <laughs> I, I was just mean across the board. And and I'm sure Bryce has some of that. He's certainly living a different life than I was when I went through mine. But I look at the dexterity. You know, so we'll talk about some specifics. The actual like hand-eye coordination, the fine tune. We're talking about millimeters between hitting a ball out of the park and popping out to second base. You know, we're, we're talking about 99-mile-an-hour fastballs with 22 inches of vertical hop, and you're trying to get on top of it, and you're relearning. You're, 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 I've never felt the same lifting, squatting, lunging, sprinting, throwing, anything, because they took it out of my hamstring, you know, and they put it in my elbow. So I had 
two different things that I was kind of rehabbing. But the one thing is you're always, you're, you'll never be the same as you were before. You could be better, but you won't be, you, maybe you won't be able to lift the same as you did. Or you maybe the way that the back comes through the zone might not be the same because you're wired. You're literally strung up and wired different, differently than you ever were. So him learning, you know, how he, that top hand, that bottom hand, because the top hand, he didn't, he atrophied because he wasn't able to lift for a certain amount of time. And he's certainly been compensating. His left side's been compensating differently than his right. The great part of it is, and this, I think like 2% of, of, of big leaguers, but like 40% of hall of famers, left-handed hitters were right-handed throwers. So the one thing that does benefit him for the timeline, in my opinion, is, you know, that he's going to have a stronger lead hand because it's his throwing hand. And it's just going to speed up a little bit of maybe where he might lag or other guys might have lagged in this timeline. I think Bryce jumps back from it. He's in best shape he could possibly be in, coming going into it, coming out of it. So that's going to speed up his timeline. He's probably doing the, you know, I don't know, the, the, the best possible rehab he could possibly be doing, he's doing it. I'm talking about stuff we've never heard of to speed himself up. Um, so I just – I expect him to – you know, come back. I don't think they're going to, you know, I was talking about this on my podcast. There are jobs on the line if they screw this up. Yep. <laughs> Big league jobs. So there's, he could say yes, yes, yes all day. And I used to get in fights with my trainers because we, the protocols were in two week chunks. And after a two week chunk, they'd be, all right, we're going to repeat that two weeks. And we would almost get in fights. I put my hands on a trainer one time because, and this is one of my good friends. I'm like, Lee, I am not trying to be here until August. I want to, I'm, it's time to go get back to the big leagues. He's like, I want you to be in the big leagues 10 years from now, not 10 days from now. And we, right. we would go back and forth. And he, I, I appreciated his patience, but you don't have patience when you're in it. If they ask you to go hit on the field, you're Bryce, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hit on the field. So I, that all of that stuff kind of adds up. I think Bryce getting back a little sooner than we expect is completely understandable. Uh, I really worry about it. I mean, I'm thinking about my own. I don't. I didn't have any setbacks. Knock on wood for him, but I didn't have to slide into a base. Right. Like he'll be a well-behaved, you know, uh, I guess uh, rehab uh, player, and and do everything he's supposed to do until he has to do a swim move on a slide, and he just does it instinctively, or he wants to pop up. Got a bad throw to second. He wants to pop up and go to third. And he puts that hand down early. Does that set him back three months? Yeah, it might. So that's really the fine line. And who gets in trouble for that? Like, who wears that one? And, and do you want to be on that potential list, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with all of it. I, I think I read the other day that uh, the, if, if he's back by May 2nd, first week of May, whatever, it would be the, like, second quickest uh, return from Tommy John surgery. That, like, that's ever. exactly right, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy to think that. No, I've, I think I have it down that the – talk i have it right in front of me let me it'll take me 10 seconds to get there but it was a certain see, amount see of we're, we're right here chad i know i know we're right here <laughs> Under, tony womack returned in 182 days yeah. back in 2004 and as of right now if he returned on the 5th of may cinco de mayo it'd be 163 days for bryce it's incredible you know it, it, so ne never in the history of baseball has anybody anybody gotten back from tommy john in any form or fashion you know, faster than Tony Womack did. And Bryce has got 20, 30 days to play with. And why not? Why not be the guy that, you know, 
you look at it and you're like, oh, Bryce Harper, of course. Yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 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 they're home for that uh for that game too. That would I mean, Citizens Bank Park. That would be crazy. Bryce Harper's return. It's like it a flashback to the World Series. Up. What's that? It's like it's like a fa- flashback to the World Series. Well, yeah, the he, atmosphere. He, he's a mid-season pickup, and he's yours. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I mean that's he's one of the top five players in the game, and even if you get him back at ninety percent of his bat, no defense. You don't get that. I mean, he's a lot better option than Casty out there. It is what it is. Um, but he Casty's a better option than him right now. You <laughs> know, he's doing yeah. a hell of a job. And I think Castellanos, well, I'll bridge this to Castellanos because it, it's a direct line. I knew he was gonna have a rough year last year. Couldn't really go on and say it because I was hoping he wouldn't. But he's 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 an emotional guy. And when you start late, that late, he started really late. I, I, I think I, in 11, when I was supposed to come back to Phillies and didn't come back to the Phillies, went to Cleveland. I didn't get there till March 5th, and I felt like my whole world was off track all year. Couldn't throw the ball. Couldn't – I just – nothing was – nothing – I felt rushed all year. And I know that's how he felt. I wanted to help relate to him a couple of times and, and just, you know, he had enough people walking up to him and trying to fix his life. Um, but you can see now he's comfortable – he is who he is on the back of his baseball card. You check out baseball reference. This is going to be a year where he's in line with who he was. And, you know, yeah, you're going to take a little bit of a hit on defense when Bryce isn't out there. But, you know, Casty's been doing doing a good job so far. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he looks he looks great. He looks, I mean, looks much better than last year. It's, it's definitely good to see. Um, you're really seeing the – the concern so far, I mean, obviously it was a rough start. They they're they're bouncing back over the last, you know, I think they're seven and three in the last ten or eight and two, right right around there in the last ten. So they're looking good, but it's it's their bats look good, right? Like what we've seen from Bryce and Stott so far this year. I mean, he's he looks like he's taking the next step. To My fantasy true, team loves it. True legit player, yeah. <laughs> well, he he had a a stretch in the latter part of the year last year. I mean, I really from the All Star break on, I think he hit two seventy four. 275, something like that, which is more than you could expect from Bryson Stott. You know, last year you'd have expected to play some good defense, get in there, do your job, that type of stuff. And and he started to change his approach. He, he looked like he got beat on a bunch of fastballs. He actually eyeball test because I was there a bunch in, in you know May and June. He was lining out a bunch, not the hard line, not the 105 line mile an hour line drive, but a lot of 95 to 100 mile an hour exit velocity barrels that were just getting caught or right at somebody. The shift didn't help him at all. The shift certainly doesn't hurt him this year, not being there. He's able to, if he pulls a ball in the hole, he gets a hit or, or maybe it's at somebody if, if it's right up the middle a couple of times. But I think that shift is, is he's one of those, we don't have a book of work. We don't have seven years of spray charts to look at, but I think it's helping him out a ton. Chad, I just want to go a little bit opposite because Bryson Stott, somebody that we had under expectations for, and now he's like over, you know, overdoing what he's supposed to be doing. How worried are we about Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and what they're doing right now? And uh, like, should we be concerned with them? I think the, the Phillies did the right thing by not overworking, not getting them to their normal workload in spring because they threw an extra month last year. And usually when you don't have your normal routine, 
your normal innings in spring, you're going to come out a little flat. And I think for Zach, you saw it, he, he caught up, right? You know, his last couple starts is it's been electric. It's been exactly, you know, who we expected it to be. And he got nickeled and nickeled and dimed his last time for a couple runs and we ended up winning. They didn't, I don't think they hit a ball hard, you know, a um, couple bloopers and all that. Uh, Aaron, on the other hand, and Aaron's from, I'm from Baton Rouge. I've known Aaron, you know, for a long, long time. I think the combination of the extra money through 230 innings last year, that's, that's the most in baseball. So him bouncing back plus the pitch clock, plus the disengagements, you know, just the speeding up of, of his intervals. If you really think about how quickly he's having to get the ball back and how much slower he usually works, and he'll use a pick to first to buy himself a minute to think about what he wants to throw. So I think him adjusting, it's taken him probably another start or two uh, to adjust his fastballs late in games, haven't had the same life. Um, his his spin rate is his spin rate is is staying the same, which is really good for balls up in the zone for him. Um, he gets beat late in games on soft coming back to the hitter. Think about the left-handed home runs on curveballs that end up backing him. Change-ups, you know, to, to righties. He doesn't throw a ton of them, but occasionally he'll leave one up and. It's just something soft coming back to the hitter and not enough fastball to keep him honest third time through the order. So I think I don't worry as much about Zach. I worry a little bit, a little bit more about Aaron making the adjustment to all the new rules. Speaking of which, I was, I was curious, what do you think of the pitch clock? I don't mind. I think, I think it's a little quick, but I don't mind it at all. Um, because of what it's forcing, what, what it's forcing is stolen bases. I love that we're stealing bases again in baseball. I love that speed and athleticism is back on display, that shortstops have to cover ground, the second baseman have to cover ground, that, you know, we're getting guys guessing that when a guy's going to go home, the guys have to be less than one, three, five to the plate as a pitcher, that you have to go do your job, you know, and that we might, we might even, I'm not saying that I like bunning, but I sure as hell like to see uh, guys have to field their positions. And guys doing their job, there's nothing better than seeing like a leadoff double with the seven hole, the eight hole, you know, bunts them over to third and a guy hits a nine hole, it's a sack fly. And we get a run out of the backside of our lineup. You're like, I think that's fun for me. I'm just old, man. The gray hairs are coming in while I'm talking. <laughs> I also like bat flips and 460 foot 3-0 homers. If you don't want a guy to hit a 3-0 homer run off you, don't get in a 3-0 count and throw it Love that. down the middle. Exactly. Like, Love that's that. just don't do it. So I'm on both sides of the fence. I like the new game. I, it took me a minute to adjust. I don't mind the pitch clock. I don't I think the, the fast games are almost too fast. You know, I want Agreed. that seventh inning beer. It, yeah, it's I, my, it, it's a shame that it had to come look to this though. Like like you know, well, my my point of view is I don't think the game needed to speed up. I think what happened in between the game needed to be more active. Um, but I think they figured that out with the with the the the. the the shift banning and, and stuff like that. I think that will fix the game instead of just cramming a three, three and a half hour game into two and a half to three. I wonder, you know, we could get on the backside of it and wonder what some sponsors and advertisers and wonder <laughs> if the money is the same. Hey, uh, Chad, <laughs> did you hear about barely falter the other day? Had a, you know, I was talking to these guys about beer sales going on. Was Strom, wasn't it? Strom, oh, yeah. Yeah. Strom had something to say about, uh, you know, they're the Phillies are trying to get beer going till the eighth inning now, and he's like totally against it because he's like they got to drive in that next inning to get home. Like that's what, something I was worried about. Like the speed of the game, what's that going to do to the prices at the stadium? 
So yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. definitely something that that the CFO has to think about. And um, you know, how are you going to be able to you know continue to make the same amount of money and and trajectory? year over year so that you can continue to pay these guys what, what they're demanding. So I guess that's all, that's a whole nother show. I, I imagine we'd go after, but um, I, I, I'm going to leave beer sales alone. Uh, you know, <laughs> if an adult wants to have an extra beer, they can walk to the casino and, and have another one. They, I mean, there's a million different ways to go Xfinity live or get, you know, get in an Uber and go have 10 more. So I understand what he's saying. And, and look from a PC, a politically correct standpoint, man, I tip the hat to him, but, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, if if you need the extra inning to sober up and drive home, you probably shouldn't be driving home in the first place. Yeah, that that <laughs> inning, that that twelve minute inning, ain't gonna help you. Out. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, go really quick. Going back to the Nola Wheeler um, talk. Now we kind of saw last year, like at the end of the year, they 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 really benefited from that extra day of rest. Um, how do you feel about a six man rotation and giving older guys like Wheeler and Nola, who have a lot of innings on their arms, giving them an extra day of rest? If you add a six starter, let's say Painter comes back this year or whatever, either in any any situation, how do you feel about the the six the six man rotation? Well, I, I, first and foremost, it comes down to personnel. Do you have four other guys that can do it, or or are they better than those options on five days rest? You know what I mean? If if, if they're right. going to run a four two and a four three ERA, but the other guy out there every every five days, or are these other guys going to just you know blow things up and we're going to lose those games? So it comes down to personnel, and and some of that can be altered and fixed from the front office standpoint. I don't mind it. There's certain stretches of the year where you look, you know, you, anybody can look, bring it up on MLB.com, look at Phillies.com, look at the schedule and say, okay, there's off day here, off day here, off day here. This three week stretch would be the perfect time to go six-man rotation. Then we hit the all-star break or after the all-star break. I'm not looking at it in front of me right now. But there are times during the year where you could absolutely use a six-man rotation. So I'm not totally against it at all. Um, I'm not, you know, I kind of roll my eyes at the NBA's load management stuff sometimes only because I went down to a Golden State Pelicans game and nobody that you've heard of on on, on, – either side of the ball were dressed out. It was like, yeah, you know, that was an expensive, you know, seat to go watch nobody play. But yeah. um, I know that's not what baseball's doing, but that extra day is a big deal for, you know, guys that threw so much the year before. And if you can weave that into, you know, an August stretch or a July stretch and, and kind of line it all up for September, um, that assumes that you're in it too. You know, I think there's some stress – uh, to act sooner or, or push later, depending on where you are compared to the Braves and compared to the Mets. Something cool about uh, that I heard the other day, Chad, was uh, Aaron Nola officially is in the top 10 of all time Phillies pitchers in innings. So I thought that that was something cool that we always forget because he came up so young, but he, he eats up a lot of innings and has eaten up a lot of innings in his career here. He's, he's a workhorse. He's just one of those guys. His uh, high school baseball coach here, when he was – he was young for – he was 14 as a freshman, graduated at 17, and his his high school coach was like he'd, – he'd strike one, strike two. In 02, he's throwing a fastball over the white of the plate. And he's just always been a guy who ate innings, wasn't scared of contact, and was he wasn't going to get beat by walks. And he's still that guy. We watch him now, and you're like, why did you throw that? 
over the plate. Like, why don't we bounce that? He's like, it's hard to hit O2. That's what he said. And he had Austin, who was his older brother, going to LSU and really good shortstop in, in college and in his first couple of years of pro ball, probably telling them the same thing. Like, don't – I mean, don't get into hitters counts. And, you know, I think for Aaron, be, that's it's super impressive to be the what, seventh pick overall or whatever it was with when Ruben got him. And for him to – when you think about first-round picks, they're rare – few that live up to the hype the way he did and he's never been oh you're our number one he's never even gotten that but you look at his book of work if he keeps this pace he's got a chance to do some really cool things on paper and you know be on the wall of fame for sure but be in the hall of fame type thing i mean that's the trajectory when you start to pile up numbers like that it's like wow you really have that many punch outs you really have that many innings pitched and so i just you know I know he's adjusting this year, and he's a competitor. I know he's cool as the other side of the pillow when you look at him sometimes, but that guy is a competitor through and through. And I know we all know that now, but I know early on you're like, man, it doesn't even look like he cares. But yeah, we all know he does now. Do you think he's a Philly next year? I think it really depends on the back half of the season. With that yeah. payroll and everything, if, if, they've got, if, he, if he performs really well, he might perform himself out of a contract. Yeah he could perform himself into one too. You know, you almost, you don't, you don't, you don't want him to have a, a par or an average back half of the season, but it might be the only way you get him in, in Philly's colors. Next year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say and kind of going away from Noel a little bit is I know we're, it seems like people are a little concerned about the starting pitching. The one thing I will say the bullpen so far looks fantastic. Um, Soto's kind of settled in. Dominguez is settled in. Alvarado's, as dominant as I've, as I've ever seen them. Um, I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the bullpen. What, what do you think? Oh, they're, they're built for September, October. Yep. I mean, Soto, I know everybody was ready to throw him off the bridges. You know, the Walt Whitman's right there. If you don't want that one, go with Ben Franklin. <laughs> but I, I could just see the ease at which he's throwing 98 and the nerves. You know, it's a new team. He's human. And, and he came in super late. Came in, yeah. I mean, yeah. think about all that, all the factors we've even talked about on the show. Like that, it it all adds up, and you almost need to go ahead and get beat. Your worst nightmares coming true, so that you can just settle back into being good. But Alvarado and Soto, complemented by the righties with plus stuff that we have, Kimbrel's been better than you know. If they'll pit, they'll throw to his arsenal better. Like he he cannot pitch hard of the plate up. He's got to go to the edges now, and it get his breaking ball in the zone so they'll honor it. If they'll pitch with those pitches, his fast his stuff is still really good. He doesn't have to go out and get four outs or three outs in the eighth or ninth inning unless, you know, he's pitching that well. But he's certainly a guy. If you see him jogging in in the seventh inning to get two or three outs, I'm not mad at it. That guy's, you know, third or fourth on the career saves list. Yeah. yeah you know, no. His heartbeat isn't going to go – up because he's in a big situation you, you, and he's a great guy to have around all those guys in the pen too so um yeah it's set up the pen set up really well i think some of the pieces that are you know in the starting rotation right now if they go out and get somebody they go out and pick some things up and you've got those guys throwing in the sixth or seventh inning too yep yeah, so some good pieces the the pitching hasn't been a problem the hitting hasn't been a problem you know we just haven't done them on the same days yep. you know <laughs> enough yet but they they look better i, I know the braves are Braves look really good. I don't know if I've seen a better Braves team since the mid-90s, I'll be honest. They're really good. It's scary, yeah. But they have plenty of playoff spots, right? There's plenty of them. Yeah. We, don't play, <laughs> we don't play them as many times. Think they, 
thank Rob Manfred for the an, an additional new rule, so to speak. But the schedule is fanned out, so you don't have to play in your division as many times, and that plays into our favor this year. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, looking at last year, the the two the few the few things that kind of helped in the in the Phillies benefit was the the universal DH, which if we don't have that, Harper gets shut down probably. That's right. And, yeah, the playoff expansion. Yep. yep. So, listen, you know, <laughs> the, the Phillies well, really benefited take uh, uh, last year. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, whatever, however it happens, that's yep. all I care about. Exactly. Well, it, it, I, Chad, I, I I bowl on Tuesday nights, and whenever I throw a strike, if it, if it, uh, if it falls, that's, that's exactly what I say. You know, however it happens, it happens, you know. I don't care if that pin goes <laughs> yeah. into another lane and comes back and knocks it down. It's ten pin down. Strike is a strike. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Um, but uh, we're gonna let you go, Chad. You guys, Chris, uh, Dom, you guys, anything else you wanted to rattle off here? I, I, I think we both have like a like like stupid little questions to to ask you, Chris. You, yeah. you can go first. Yeah. Uh, favorite hitter to go against, and the guy you hated to go against. My favorite hitter to face was Jeff Francoeur. He was swinging at it. If I dropped the rosin bag behind the mound, he was check swinging. <laughs> like he was swinging at everything and anything I threw. And uh, so I enjoyed when he was he was walking up. And the, uh, the back half of that question, that was who I didn't want to face? Yes. So I played, a, I played a long time for parts of 14 years. And early in my career, Maglio Ordonez, oh, absolute Maglio. nightmare. I couldn't get him out. I mean, I painted pitches and he hit them off foul poles. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just couldn't. And then I played with him later in my career, and he was like, "Hey, you're, you're way nastier now than you were when you were young." I was like, "Thanks, I appreciate it." Um, later in my career, uh, man, I would have to say Chipper was a guy that I, I did not, I had success against him to some level, but we faced him so much in Philly, and when you saw Chipper walking up or at Pujols, uh, Manny, those guys, but. Again, I was set up, so I knew I was going to be thrown against those guys. So I had good numbers against, you know, all of them at certain times in my career. Um, but they all owned me early when I sucked. And when I was better <laughs> later on, I had a little bit better strategy. But um, I, I didn't like the 8-9 hole um, in the AL. It was always a backup catcher or somebody, just Tom Prince or somebody hitting a freaking double and a gap off me. And he shouldn't he shouldn't be getting hits off me. I would I would own the middle of the lineup, pitch my balls off, and then give it up to the back half of the lineup. So you know, if I didn't know if I didn't have a strategy to get them out, uh, they were probably going to hit. Me. Uh, so so the one thing I, I was telling these guys, I would ask any any player, whether it was Babe Ruth or or you know name whoever the worst baseball player of all time is. Um, <laughs> who, if you had to pick one city, one stadium, what that is your favorite to pitch in? What would it be, or where would it be? I mean, before coming to, we came there in 07. Well, let, I was gonna say, let, like, give, give me an answer besides Citizens Bank, because because I'm somebody, I'm yeah. somebody who, um, I, I'm trying to see every ballpark. I'm, I'm very low on the list. I'm going to a couple places this year. Um, I've been, uh, you know, to four or five stadiums so far. Uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying to. It's, it's a bucket list thing. Um. I mean, you can say what you're going to say about Citizens Bank, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more curious about other spots. You know, look, I so I pitched in Wrigley, pitched in Fenway, pitched in old Yankee Stadium. There's something about those old parks. Pitched yep. in old, yeah. I, my debut was in old Tiger Stadium, 1999. I shut the, we shut the place down with the Royals. 
<laughs> something about the old parks felt like the movie The Natural to me. You could hear that maybe because there's nobody in seats sometimes, but you could you could literally hear the old echo of the ballpark. Um, the new parks that I liked pitching in, you know, I don't San Francisco. It was AT and T ballpark. I, what is it now? Um, there's a different name on it. Um, and then Safeco, which isn't Safeco anymore either. But Seattle's ballpark. You want to talk okay. about a oh, just a the atmosphere there is fantastic. They usually, I mean, it's 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 the weather's different. It's I don't know. I really like pitching in those spots. Okay, nice. That's that's yeah. I, yeah. I visited uh, uh both LA stadiums last year and uh, Fenway. I visited a few years ago. I toured it last year, so I've been there two different times. Once for a game, once for a tour, and then uh, we're doing Yankee Stadium next month, New Yankee Stadium, and then uh, we're I think we're doing Pittsburgh this year too. But oh, that's a good ballpark. Yeah, You're yeah, I'm excited. That yep. might be. That's one of them. I don't know about pitching there for whatever reason. I didn't like pitching there. Okay, but, but I really liked watching a game there. I've heard sense. it's one of the best. Yeah, I, Baltimore. Baltimore really, has been a, great too. You're going next month. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, so my wife, my wife is um, pregnant, so um, <laughs> we're we're hoping the end of May, early June. You'll do as you're told. So, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know, they're they're playing so well right now. That might, I mean, yeah. I've, yeah, I've never been there when it's packed. I can only imagine what a great place that is to go watch a game when it's packed. So what you're saying is buy tickets now. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly, but uh, Chad, we really appreciate you hopping on with us. It was a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to do it again. But yes, yeah, let's yeah, definitely, definitely do it again. It. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Chad. We'll you yeah. All right. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Talk to you. All right, there we go. Chad Durbin, former Philly. A lot of fun stuff there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. And I love the Chase Utley answer. Like that just dumb. I know you were sitting there like salivating inside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dom was fangirling. In a candy store, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you guys have any else Phillies you kind of want to talk about before we kind of transition here? It's great to see that they're winning games they should win. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So. Fair enough. <laughs> um, can, we, can I talk about uh, Castellanos real quick? Because I just yeah, want to go off the heels of, of what Chad was saying. Yeah. The dude is playing really well. And the two home runs that he hit the other day, the one was like low and outside. Yep, and he drove it the opposite field, so that was very like well, a positive sign to see. I think before before he his first year here last year, um, he actually like crushes that pitch that that low and away pitch for most of his career. So yeah. like it was it was surprising to see. I think and I think Chad kind of said it, it. He's an emotional guy, so when it gets in your head a little bit, and you're that emotional. You know, it, you start to really struggle. But uh, that's something that like I, I saw last year. I was like. He, he hits like 280 on that pitch or something, or like above 280. Like, so it was kind of weird to see him struggle with that last year. And then, yeah, the one I, I don't know if he did both, but the one he homered off of, yeah, was, was, yeah, yeah. I, I just like his um, his vision, I think, is like leaps and bounds more improved than it was last year. Like, yeah. he's, he's not, he's not as aggressive, he's not swinging at absolute junk. And he's not like shoulders down, like oh, like I do. I have to show up every day, sort of mentality. Like he looks like he wants to be there. Like I don't know if you guys caught. I think it was in the the loss, the three to two loss. But did you see he got the guy to balk on him halfway down? Yeah, third? yeah, yeah. Like that is like I want to see that because that's like he's having fun. So like that's telling me okay, 
like the guy wants to have fun doing anything to win. I think yep. does he does he lead the league in doubles? I know he's up there. I don't know. Don't. I'm pretty. I I know he's got he's got double digits so far. Uh, the one guy, the one guy who I'm I'm not like mad at, but like I've been shit talking for a while, and he's putting it right up my hoop. Christian Pache is just <laughs> uh, apparently is like an all star now, batting fucking three hundred. I I don't I don't understand it. Is he still batting three hundred? That was a like, that was like four days ago. I wouldn't be surprised if he was stubbed too. No, it was yeah, like yesterday. Four oh two, I think. Okay. Yeah, and he was like he's three hundred yesterday. Yeah. After his home because okay. his no, home was... team yesterday, right? Yeah. He's, he's I'm all stinks. I'm all I'm all I'm all out of whack with the days here. Uh, he stinks and he's batting three hundred. So I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. No, 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 no. I I just. I thought it was like three days ago, and at this point, I expected him to be under a sub two hundred hitter. Nah, because I've been shit talking him so much, and somebody tweeted me yesterday specifically telling me he's batting three hundred and he, he's a great player. He is. I don't know if that was. I don't uh, know if it was three hundred. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was tongue in cheek. The guy just was just making fun of me shit talking Pache, but. Yeah, but apparently he's I don't know, he still stinks. I All Star? No, he stinks. <laughs> I want him off my team. I don't care that he's hitting now. What about Sosa? Well now it's just a principal. <laughs> right. Um Sosa, yeah, why not? <laughs> the whole team could be all stars. Uh, who who cares? Marsh, all star. Dude, Marsh is uh, that's one person I meant to bring up, um, talking to, to Chad, but he's he's been incredible. Um I mean that's a, a week or two ago I would have said it was a win for both clubs, but then I, you guys see Logan O'Hop is out for four to six yep. months. Yeah, crazy. I, I I still think I still think Marsh is like an above average defender. Like I think he's still not like this great I defender. I but agree. the bat, think, but yeah. dude, he homered off a lefty yesterday. How, how many times have we been saying on this show, off the show, in the text message, whatever? Like he can hit these guys against right, like yeah. him and Bryson Stock can hit lefties. So like we saw it last year. He, <laughs> you know, he's number one in baseball in OPS. Yeah. Like I think he leads something a, else too. By a lot, he's his his batting average. He's fourth in in baseball. I think he's first in something else too. Maybe was it or or I forget what the stat was. Some yeah. some stat like yeah, probably hates. Yeah, it was it, it was um <laughs> oh, fuck. What was it? I remember I saw this graphic earlier. Uh, it was it was what was it? It was it was an it was an advanced metric. I know that. It was yeah. Like WRC plus or some shit. Some, yeah. some bullshit. Whatever that means. <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of random letter. It's algebra. It's not baseball. It's algebra. Um. The Heat just took the lead over the Bucks. If anyone cares, wow. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Look at that. Is Giannis still out? Yeah, he's playing tonight. Is he playing tonight? Dude, I love Jimmy Butler. I wish we would have never got rid of him. Nah. Eh. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yeah. what? Why, why? Why is that your? You don't like Jimmy Butler? Yeah. You like Ben Simmons and and uh, Brett Brown better? Yeah, love love Ben um, Simmons and Brett Brown. Listen, we're we're gonna get into some some Eagles talk um to kind of wrap the show up. But before we do that, I forgot to talk about our sponsor, so I might as well do it now. Now, you know, better late than never. Um, and we're gonna talk about the NFL draft, and the NFL draft is here, and the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has had uh, has long had elite downfield play with their lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023 they have the rookie sensation Beard Hedger to ensure the face of your franchise is a pretty one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at home uh, at home GM. So go to Manscaped.com and save some salary cap with our code Fired Up for 20% off plus free shipping. This year Manscaped can help you make the sexy pick without forgetting. 
forgetting uh, about your big, ugly up front. That's right. The Beard Hedger and Lawnmower 4.0 are a franchise-changing combo that will have you looking at your roster with pride. Everyone who saw the Super Bowl knows what can happen with poorly managed grass. Still too soon. Uh, that type of ball-playing field quality would never happen with the Lawnmower 4.0. This elite electric trimmer is a lock for first-round talent. Just look at its explosive uh, talent with the RPM. With all that power, the lawnmower is still uh, is still the most nimble on the field with its skin-safe technology that reduced nicks and, sna- nicks and snags and making all the right cuts on hair. In, this, in the season of trimming the roster, Manscaped will make sure you're cutting all the right players and not any important pieces to your D. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, you've now done the dirty work. But uh, now it's time to make sure you look good out there with the Beard Hedger and its 20 positions of precision. This powerful cordless trimmer helps you customize your look with a rotary wheel that has 20 lengths while only using one guard. In football, having a deep O-line may be a good thing, but in the bathroom, more than one guard is just a mess. Plus, this uh, tough titanium blade and single-stroke efficiency can have you going from bushy Matt Patricia to sleek Sean McVay in no time. If you haven't upgraded your grooming tools already, head to Manscaped for a champion-worthy uh, championship champion worth roster reset. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code fired up at manscaped.com. Um, again, use the code fired up manscaped.com. Uh, Take 20% off and free shipping. Go to Mr. Irrelevant for a first round pick with Manscaped. So there you go. Everybody check out Manscaped. Um, so, Chris, you put out on firedupsports.com your, uh, your Eagles mock draft. Who are the Eagles taking a 10, and why is it Bijan Robinson? Well, actually, in the mock there, <laughs> I have them taking um, – I know. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no, I, I think that what I wrote about is – and I do think it's just what the Eagles are going to do this year. I think they're just going to have to take the best best available at that spot. And I think if it is Bijan Robinson at that time, depending on how the draft goes um, – take Bijan Robinson. Like, don't be scared to take Bijan Robinson. Um, but at the time, like, I think they're going to need a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. Just that dude can play inside, outside, run, protect, pass, protect. And the Eagles love the build from the trench outside, inside out. Like, that's just the way that they've done things. Um, what what year was it when they took, what, 2018? When no one expected them to take Andre Dillard in the first round and that's what they did. Like they had so many holes other places and they took Dillard in the first round. So that's kind of where my head is going because I think that's where he's going to go. My, my biggest actually, I, so I, I think I texted you that, uh, can't, well, what's his name from Ohio state? Paris Johnson, Jr. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson, Jr. I think he's probably third on my list. I think Carter's number one, and I think the dude from Northwestern is probably number two, but I don't think he makes it to the Sir, Eagles. Sarosky. Yeah, Peter Sarosky or whatever. Yeah. He's from Northwestern. The Bears have the ninth pick. They need an offensive lineman. What more – like, who is more of a Chicago Bear than Peter Sharonsky? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> So, like, right. I, I don't think – if he were to slide – um, he would be probably my number one guy, but I just don't see him getting past the Bears. Well, here's my thought process on that, on that Dom. Like, as I'm thinking, as you're speaking, just because, like, where did where – did, uh, who's their quarterback? Why can't I think of his name? Fields. Fields, Fields went to Ohio State, right? Like, yes. same pedigree, same program maybe. Like, maybe he has some say into, like, hey, go get me a guy from, like, what Ohio – I don't know if that plays into any part of it, but yeah, I, would, I would love that dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can go wrong, honestly, with those two guys. 
but but you're you're thinking the same thing as me, like inside, like they're definitely either going yeah. like line or O line, right? Yeah, uh, I said it last week. I think I think they get a guy that puts a hand his hand in the dirt. All I'm saying is, if on Thursday they say that they 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 make the tenth pick and it ends up being Bijan Robinson, I think we need I'm to have not, like an, I think we need to have an emergency press, uh, an emergency well, podcast. Listen, we I, I'm not here. like, like I, I Dom's initial reaction to it. My, my I, like I I think you guys are misunderstanding me. I I'm not sitting here saying I I hate Bijan. I think he's gonna stink. I just. I if he if he's on the Eagles, I root for the for, root for him. I, I'm gonna be excited. I you will not be excited. No, I will. I really, really will. I'm just. I, I think you would in isn't... September. You wouldn't right now. No, no, no. I I mean it's. I probably you're probably right, but <laughs> I'm just. I just don't want to take a running back that high, especially he's got almost under. He got a little bit under 600 carries in college. Like Zeke had that. Like and I and I understand he's not going to get as many touches up here than Zeke. But with that being said, I think you could just get a different guy that has good production that's going to ca- carry the ball 15 times. I, I just, I'm not going to be like down and out if 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 they take Bijan. It's just, I just, it, that's just w- what I said on the 100th episode. It's just not the sexy pick to me. That's all. Um, well, I I, I want to get back to the draft. Um, but real quick, kind of aside from the uh, the running back thing, um, there's this rumor. About Derrick Henry, who knows if it has legs? Who knows how true it is? I don't know if the Titans want to get fleeced by the Eagles again for another draft pick. Um, Mike Florio from PFF said, "Like it's not happening. It's not." Oh, did he? Okay, I didn't yeah. see. You that. know what I heard? What'd that hear? they called they. Uh, it's a rumor. We know everything on Twitter's legit. Um, yep. I heard that they called them last year for Derrick Henry, and it turned into AJ Brown. Really? Oh, really? That's that's what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've read. All I know is no. I find that hard to believe. I don't believe that at all. Okay, because you already have Miles Sanders. You don't really have a wide receiver. Like AJ Brown's your target there. I don't know. That's just me. well. Maybe they start yeah. negotiations just to see where their heads work. Maybe I guess I don't know. The, I, I, whether 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 it was for AJ Brown or not, they what I read was that they called the. Whether they're interested or not in Derrick Henry last year, that they called the Tennessee Titans and the intentions were to talk about Derrick Henry. Like I said in our text message, I think that uh, they are a team that does the due diligence on every guy that is available, whether it makes sense or not for the, for for this team. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was just, hey, are you guys you know giving up Derrick Henry for cheap? Like, no, okay, well, what about AJ Brown? Like. Yeah. It could have been something exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny that even like myself included, but like how quick Philly fans are. Like we're listening to the dude that's from American Ninja Warrior. Right. Right. He's the one that's breaking these news <laughs> out right. about Derrick Henry going to the Eagles. And well, we're like, oh, that has legs. Yeah, but it was so random because it was at like two or three in the morning. Like Exactly. That's what so- I'm like. How would this guy know? Apparently well, they, they have the same agent. Apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of crossover there, and like, I mean, maybe he had a, he just had a you know two or three too many, and which just blitzed out of his mind at three <laughs> but, in the morning. But, but also too, like I, I feel like this happens every year too. Every off season, you get this random dude who like is just like a like kind of involved, kind of not involved, and like he just tweets something crazy. Like the Eagles are interested in in. Calvin Johnson, like coming back, like and and this whole city just goes like crazy, you know. I, I think well, that's just well, kind of what thing. happens every year. Well, yeah, and 
there's a difference between being interested and actually that's what I'm saying acquiring the player. Right. Like, I'm sure you're right. interested in everybody. Right. They do do their due diligence. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But the Heat are gonna win this game. Yeah, they are. Um, are they? I'm I'm not watching that. I'm watching the Stanley Cup Finals where Tampa Bay is winning uh, is winning four to three against Toronto because Toronto just doesn't know how to win playoff games. Um. So yeah. Um. Back to the um. Back to the mock draft. So I meant to pull that up. Do you have that in front of you, Chris? Who do you have them taking a thirty? Uh, Brian Branch. Do you think he? Do you think he falls that far? Because I I've seen him anywhere as high as like the mid teens all the way down to like the late twenties. Um, I think it depends on how the quarterbacks go. I think that it it really depends on that because I just saw like think that Seattle's interested in Anthony Richardson at seven or like it just really depends on how the quarterbacks fall and what that's going to equate to for the rest of the draft. I think the nature of the position too, like every year it's like the safety is going to go high and then they always fall. Uh, who's, who's the dude, the Eagles for Carolina, the Eagles were, we, we wanted the Eagles Jeremy, to take him. Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin. Yeah. He was a guy that was supposed to be this, this first round pick and, Second round. To the second round, like yeah. I just think, I just, it's just the nature of the position. Who, I think. Who's got last year? Kyle Hamilton. He he fell. Yeah. Well, they fifteen. They skipped uh, on him. Yeah. They got. They I, got thought he, I thought he yeah. went. I thought he went like twenty something. No, was it high as fifteen? I think it was. It was yeah, yeah. It was, it was the pick after the Eagles because the Eagles. Yeah. I think they moved up for Davis, Jordan. right? No, that was their original pick. Or did? Oh, uh, okay. They traded the second one for uh, AJ Brown. Okay. But that was their original pick last year to take Jordan Davis. Okay. Um, and then the second round, you have them taking Isaiah Foskey. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. I think we go defensive end. Um, it just depends on if Notre Dame is where you want to go for that. Uh, the kid from the second DN from uh, Clemson might be there too. I can't think of his name right now. Um, I feel like Notre Dame players, I feel like, are hit or miss. That's exactly what I wrote in there, yeah. too. And and recently, they've been, like, a miss. Like, I haven't, I can't go with a really decent Notre Dame guy in a while. Can you think of any? Kyle Hamilton um, went in the first round, and he hasn't yeah. been exactly Kyle special. Who are you talking about? Notre Dame. No, no, who, who, what name did you say, then? Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, yeah, and then uh, who was the guy that went to San Diego? Um, the Stanley. Teo? Yeah, Teo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was a third round pick. Was he that late? Oh yeah. Well, all the shit that came out right before the draft. Did you ever watch Dude, a guys, documentary? Great, I never. Great did, documentary. No. Great documentary. documentary. I, I don't know. I, that guy really had no clue. No, not not a single clue. I I hate Notre Dame, so fuck them. It's kind of my mentality. Um, Why do you hate Notre Dame? <laughs> he doesn't even watch college. That's the best part. He hates Notre, Notre Dame. He's, he hates Penn State because, too. Because people from all over the country, for some reason, like them, even though nobody in the world has ever stepped foot in in Indiana, wherever the fuck they're from. But people South just like Indiana, them just because. Like- yeah, because people just like them just because because there's a dumb little leprechaun on their fucking logo. People like people like the Irish because they're named so the Irish. Hate, it's why so do you hate dumb. Penn State? Because their fans are obnoxious. No offense. <laughs> But it's legit because you actually like went there, like you know what I mean. You know, you're, you're, you know, yours, you're, you liking Penn State is legit. It's the people that didn't go to Penn State that like right. Them just the, for pe- no the people that hardly that hardly passed high school but are the say biggest we, Penn State yeah. fans. Yeah, and then they say we are like they invented that phrase. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't like that's the why two guys like that don't State. watch a second of college football. That's not, hate, I watch. 
I watch more hate. than a second of college football. You know what I mean. I watch like I watch I watch Two. Li- three no. seconds. No, I watch I watch actually a decent amount of like SEC football. I can't stay in anything other than like SEC football. Really? Yeah. I hate watching SEC football. Bore. I think it's real football. I don't know. It bores SEC. Big Ten is good, and I hate it. How because does SEC don't... bore you? They they literally scored eighty five points apiece. That's, that's, what, that's why it bores me. I hate the national it. championship was unbelievable on New Year's that's Eve. That's why I don't like it. I hate that those high scoring games. Like I like closer games, but I know this is going to sound. Yeah, crazy. but they're not closer because they're good defense. It's because the offenses, the quarterbacks can't throw twenty yards. The Pac twelve is the Pac twelve is one of the worst sporting cool. fucking. Conferences I've ever seen in my life, uh, but to watch it's fun. Like those guys are fun. They they suck at the next level, but yeah. I like I like, high, I like yeah I like high level competition, and you're not really gonna get that anywhere else in college football. But I'll, I'll watch I'll watch the no. I'll the say I'll say the the Big Ten and the Big Twelve are like there is good competition. It's just to me it's not as good as SEC. Like I don't know I, I like seeing Georgia like win close games because of their defense. Like. Like like lower scoring games because of their defense. Like that's that's fun to me. Like I don't know. Well, holy shit! Toronto tied this game up with three minutes left. They were down three to one, and then they were down four to two, and they just tied it up for tied it up at four with three minutes left. Interesting. Um, and then <clears throat> uh, round three, you have them. Nathaniel Dell. I I know nothing about when you get to this round. I couldn't pick these guys out of a lineup. What he's a wide receiver from Houston. Houston, okay, I see quick, that. Quick twitch guy, um, burner. So Deshaun you say? Jackson. I was just about to say you say you you kind of compare him to Deshaun Jackson in the article. Yeah, uh, kick return, punt return, sort of filling in that void of that third receiver. Does he does he does he kick the ball? Like does he punt? Because they really they really need a punter. <laughs> that's what you should have put for for one of your seventh round picks. You should have put yeah. a punter on here. Dude, Is there a punter in this draft that'll get that's gonna get picked? No, they should go get him. Matt Ariza. Yeah, but like he's like he, I, he was acquitted. I, I understand yeah. that, but a lot of people are acquitted. Like OJ still probably killed those people. Yeah. Like you know, absolutely. You know, I don't know. Dude, um, Philadelphia is the city of second chances. Like, I'm sh- Michael, totally. Michael yeah, but you got to give the right people a second chance, right? Well, like, but like, look at Vic though. Like Vic, what he did was horrible. He went to jail. Like, sta- right, right. Did, That's what I'm saying. He did, he did his, his time. time, right? Yeah. And he came out and did shit after he he was in jail. Like, talk, had seminars, shit like that. Like, like TED talks and shit. Like, he actually like came out and became a good guy. Like, um. Yeah, yeah, and listen, this guy could have never done a thing. I, I, I don't know, but we don't know. Like that's you know, it is funny how we like pick and choose. Like people, um, people like absolutely admire like Ray Lewis, and he he might have killed somebody. Like who he knows? Definitely killed somebody. Uh, like at the very <laughs> at the very least, he he covered it up. Like at the very least. Yeah, he killed somebody. Uh, the dude who played Mister Mosby in um. In the, the sweet life is Zach Cody killed somebody. What, what's his, what, who who uh, was it? Plaxico Burris like pulled Plaxico him Burris shot himself, shot himself yeah, in the yeah. dick. Yeah, Dante bombed himself. Dante Stallworth killed somebody. Yeah, and he barely did any time. Yeah, he got. He I think he played that same season. I think he he got like thirty or sixty or ninety days in jail. Like it wasn't much, <laughs> and then like played the next season. And he was like he he basically pulled a Henry Ruggs. Yeah. 
Like I, I, he wasn't going as fast as Henry Ruggs. Like you're never going to see that dude ever again. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. But. Um. Yeah. That's fun. What were we talking about? Oh, the. Uh, okay. So we're on around seven. So. Going from killing people to round seven. Yeah. So the, so I so I forgot to look at their picks. They don't have a pick for round four, five, or six, right? No. So at so at some point you have to think either the second rounder or third rounder. They'll probably trade back and get some more picks in the. Four, don't five, don't they six have? Range. A bunch of um, like conditional picks next year. For, for, oh, was it next year? I thought it was this year. Yeah. Um, we have Chris Rodriguez Jr. Uh, they finally they get their stud running back in the seventh round. Yeah, um, out of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, he's That's just right. a bell cow. Right, right. He's just a straight downhill running back, special teams guy. That's what you're looking for in the seventh round. Like, can this guy make a tackle on special teams? Can he? Can he on fourth and one? not have to use Jalen Hurts under center for one of those push. Can we give this guy the ball to, to push a yard? So that's kind of what he is. Miami up three, one, by the way. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think th- this is going seven. I think, um, Dude, this is great for the Sixers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what, that's why I think uh, they're not having picks. That's why I think, uh, oh, they're they, definitely- they, move, they move out of one, they move out of 30. They're de- absolutely dumb. That that thirtieth pick will be traded for a a second and like a fourth and a fifth or fourth and a sixth. Dude, I don't know why. I just I have that feeling that they're gonna move up a couple spots and then move back with that thirty pick. Well, I think they're gonna move up a spot or two or three, take Jalen Carter, and then with that with that <laughs> second first round pick, they move back and get all that back, all that capital back. I really I really have a feeling. Or they trade up for Bijan Robinson. You'd be. Or they trade up for Bijan Robinson. Yep. You'd be ecstatic. How happy would you be if that happened? I'm telling you guys, no, no, no. I will not be upset as upset up. as you think it. If they trade it up for him, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I mean, be it upset. is what it is. That's what you're gonna do. It, Listen, but like, you're allowed to tell me. Every single week that I hate Bryce Harper and I hate Nick Sirianni, I'm allowed to give you shit for not wanting Bijan Robinson. That, uh, that that I I I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, I like, I I'm good. I, sure, I'll I'll be disappointed. I don't know if I'm gonna be like, oh shit, they moved up. Like, it is what it is. That's who they they take him. I, I mean, I'm gonna root for the guy whether they take him. They move up to one or move up to three hundred. I move back to three hundred. I, I I or however many picks there are in this fucking draft. But like, <laughs> I, I I it's it is what it is. Like I I I you know, I I personally wouldn't do it. I don't think they're gonna do it. You know, but if they do it, they do it, and I'm not gonna be like mopey about it. Like it is what it is. I I think he's a very good player. I think he's gonna be great at this level. It's just I don't know. Coming into his rookie year with 600 carries doesn't doesn't. That's not sexy to me. Like, <laughs> what is sexy to you? Jalen Carter. He's one sexy human. It's a very <laughs> large. It's a very large man. Would you? That's uh, what she said. Is he is he is in. <laughs> Good shape with LeBron James. That's is his, is his body as ridiculous as LeBron James. I got, I got a, I got a question for you, Mike. Okay. So you tweeted that the NBA, it's, it's, it's a crime or whatever you said that they played a one o'clock game. It's the so NHL dumb. does it too. The did NHL they? did it on Sunday. Yeah. No, they, no, they didn't. It was like a three or four o'clock game. I'm pretty it sure it was one o'clock. Um, also, Sunday's much. It's far different than Saturday. I, I, there's, but the point is, is there's. Eight teams on both sides playing. When are when are they going to play? One the game? o'clock Saturday is the dumbest thing in the world. 
well, to be to be fair, it was three versus six. It wasn't like so. Every game should be big, shouldn't it? Shouldn't every game be close? Yeah, but they got to. They're trying to get every game on TV. They can do like uh, do like four, six, eight, ten. Boom. The first right. half of the first half of NBA games don't matter anyway. Everybody's still going to be able to. That's see why them. they play them at one o'clock. <laughs> why? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you because they still don't watch... matter. These don't ma- These games don't matter. I I I forgot they were even on. I didn't even watch the game because it's one o'clock on a Saturday. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Would they you play watch? three o'clock? They play three o'clock on in the NHL on Saturday and one o'clock on Sunday. It's the Sunday same Sunday is different. How's it different? Because it's different. It's just a different Hell. vibe. I'm doing different Hell. shit. I'm I'm busy on Saturday. I'm not busy on Sunday. They, they, they don't care. I'm just saying, most of the world's busy on Saturdays. They're not busy on Sundays. That's that's not necessarily true, but I got you. I was just curious. <laughs> the NBA is also like the softest league in the world. I have so many issues with the NBA. I've, I don't even remember why. I tweeted that out like last week, and I forget why. I said because that. the Sixers played at one. No, sure. it wasn't that. Well, no, it wasn't that. No, a different tweet. I'm talking about me saying uh, that the NBA is the softest league in the world. I forget. What, what was it? Yeah, something, something with... um. What was it? It was oh, game about, three. Sixers, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The people are like saying Embiid should have got suspended for like that was. It's such a jo- joke that I even absolutely loved every second of what he did. Yeah, but and, it, it was oh, it was worse than Draymond Green's. Draymond no, Green, just had, but Draymond neither Green of them. Oh no, no, I agree. I agree with that. No, go ahead. Sorry, Draymond Green just has a bit, a worse reputation. I think Draymond. Yeah, before. I think Draymond was a total accident. Yeah, but. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I texted somebody. I really couldn't care less if 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 they kicked him out of that game. Yeah, I it really didn't couldn't. Matter. No, they, not even that. I, I mean, even if they lost the game, I wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. You, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the best player in the world, and you're gonna step over me like that. You're gonna, you're gonna flex your muscles on me like that. You've never played competitive fucking sports in your life if you're pissed off with that. I'm sorry. Agreed. No, that, you're not. You've, you've yeah. never, you've never played competitive yeah. sports, and and. That, that's the thing is like these people like I, I do it all the time. I sit on a couch and I and I I bitch about people or about these 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 athletes. But like, like he's the best player in the world. Like like you're just like you be in that situation. What are you gonna do? You're not. What do you? What do you? You're the best player in the world, and somebody steps over you and flexes on you. Like this guy's a fucking eight hundred best best player in the league. Like. You do the same thing. You do yeah, the same I, thing. Uh, I don't know if I do the same exact thing. But I probably, you know I, pro- I, mean. I probably get up, get in his face, and maybe throw a punch. But I ain't, but, I ain't kicking him. Well, that's head. worse. Throwing what? a punch, you're definitely ejected for that. Why though? That's the thing. You shouldn't be. So just a punch. Just guys, <laughs> just guys being dudes. I don't know. I, I I I whether he should be thrown out or not is not my argument. I just think they should. Just, they should. I wouldn't care of, either way. They should take a page out of hockey's book. Just let it be five minutes for throwing fists, and then you're back in the game. And go four on four. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or have a sub while he's while they 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 have a penalty. I'm, I'm, where, where are they sitting? And then and then the fact that um that Harden got tossed for whatever the fuck he did. I don't even know what he did. Like, how did he get tossed for that? He That's jab, why he jab stepped, and when he went in, he armed. Was that a right. that's well, a phrase that's, that's an injection? That's not. It's a bad call. It, it's it's an offensive foul, but it's yeah. it's uh that's it crazy. was terrible. And then terrible. another reason why I think the NBA is the solid league in the world is the guy that um and kicked. What, what was his name? Dra- Cla- uh, Claxton. Claxton. Yeah. Yeah. So he apparently after and then after the game he was like, or the, I forget when it was. He's like, oh, how is that not a suspension? Blah 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 blah. Like you should want to beat that team when they're at their best. 
I don't know. Like the competitor in me isn't going to start crying about the other team not getting a suspension over such a ticky tacky play. Dude, I, I love. I love. Um, no, I loved every minute of Harden being ejected from the game and them still just being able to win that game. Just like on what was that Sunday or Saturday? Like Embiid's not playing. Cool. Like we're not worried about this Brooklyn team at all. Like yeah. that. That's that's the type of energy we needed from them. Like the yeah. thug mentality. I think. What did what did uh PJ what did Doc say? Glenn, uh, he's not Glenn, Doc yet. He's, he's still got a lot to do in order to be Doc. What did Glenn say? Um, something along the lines of like he's the toughest dude in the league or something. Yeah, like that's PJ how you Tucker. win with tough dudes. Who, PJ yeah. Tucker. He yeah. I don't care how great he's been in the first four games. He stinks. I don't care. I really don't. And I don't really care about the six. I, I don't like I don't like PJ Tucker. He stinks. Am I wrong? He doesn't. Yeah, no, you're, you're, he, he's doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, he gets paid a lot of money to do what he's doing. That's my problem. Like, if he was like on like a league minimum or like a vet minimum deal, like, all right, that's fine. That's kind of what you expect. But if you're getting paid what he's getting paid, you should be like way more productive than what he is. I I think we, we got to blame Joel, Joel Embiid for that. For what? He's, he's the reason he's here. He, he wanted yeah, P.J. Tucker. So P.J. Tucker's agent says, oh, the 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 the, the, the second in voting of MVP voting, once my guy, we're going to up the price, you know. Tremendously. Yeah. I guess. Give, I give I give his agent props. Speaking, and I love how we just totally transitioned from the Eagles to, to, Eagle, to Eagles to Sixers in like the snap of a finger. Um, we should, I mean, we're concerned, right, that like, it's the first round just ended and Embiid's already hurt. Like that, it took that quickly. I don't. I, I don't think it's as serious as like. I I'm not sure he would have played game five, but if it was game seven on the line, he's playing. No, and and I, I agree. But like we we talk about it every year that he body his body breaks down come playoff time and it's already starting to happen. Yeah, but dude, it's it's so much different than like he fucking broke his foot like he did a couple years ago or whatever it was like like. They had this major serious injury. It was game four. They were up 3-0, and Maxi and Tobias were just fucking hitting every shot going into game four. Like it was it, it was one of those things. If he had to play, he would have played. If no, if he doesn't have to play, you, you know, don't have to play him. No, I understand that. But last year he he played through it, but you could tell he was seriously hurt. And I th- hopefully it doesn't get to that point this year. No, that's like that's were... definitely a concern. Absolutely. Right, exactly. It's, it's definitely a concern. I just wouldn't. I'm just not concerned about this little injury that he has right now. Like I just, it, like I said, if it's Game Seven or or even Game Six, he's suiting up and playing. Like it's oh, it's I not agree that he's you know, playing, but it's about whether he's productive or not. But but absolutely no. That's that's definitely a concern too. But um, you know that and that's I mean that's why they they got these other guys here is because it, it's tough to it's tough to win a seven game series. Trotting out, you know the same the same thing. Every you know you by game five, games four, you know everything that's going to happen with the other team. So it's like, you know, that's why they brought bring in Harden. That's why Maxi's in the starting lineup and and averaging whatever he's averaging. You know who the most confusing player in the world is? Uh, Tobias Harris. Like he's so confusing because he just has games where he looks lost. Or you know why you're confused? He He looks great right now. You know why you're confused? Why is that? Because. They've been trying to push the idea that he is a number two scorer on this team, and this he is playing the role that he's supposed to play, and that's Fair why enough. he's succeeding. Fair enough. 
because they've tried to sell you this product for the last three years that he's this really good player and he's a good player, but like he's this this you know for, well, he, until he, until this year he was their second best scorer. Like yeah, he did get the max contract. That's what it was. Absolutely no. Yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's a problem. If they didn't say max contract next to it, like if he would have signed a regular PJ Tucker esque deal, yeah. no one. No one would have blinked the deal. Uh, no. But he did it last year, two years ago. He also had a series where he looked fucking great. Atlanta. And then he just what was it? Was it the Atlanta yeah. series? Yeah, him and Embiid, where he looked great, and then other series he just uh, there's other that, where he just looks lost. Dude, that series, him and Embiid. I think it was the first three games. They looked like Jordan and 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 um um Pimpin. Like it was just nonstop hitting shots. And then game four shows up, or game four comes, and that's why they lose that series. Um, because. Doc was not confident enough in playing Maxi when he should have. Well, yeah, but but <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, you know, so I, you know, that series could go differently if if Maxi plays. You know, yeah, but totally. How much do you like Dom? I know you probably hate this. The James Harden possibly returning back to Houston, talking in the middle of the series against. Brooklyn. They've been saying if is that January. is that coming out again? Because I heard that in the yeah. middle of the season. It came out like last week or something. Like, oh. um, yeah. During I, the, I, 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 when you get knocked out against the Celtics, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, I, but like that's the thing is he's not saying it either. It's like other people that yeah, are sitting here saying, you know. So I, I don't, I don't, I hope it's not on his mind. I don't think it's on his mind right now. Like, I think he's worried about Game One against Boston or whoever they play. Um, uh, could be Miami back, at this point. If he was no, back to Houston, be, that's the uh, the Knicks, right? Or the Knicks, rather, yes. Yeah. If uh, if he goes back to Houston, that tells you all you need to know about James Harden, the player. Touche. Because what the fuck do they have going on? They just well, signed. They just they signed have, their coach. They're about to have Wetabaya. Yeah, they just signed. They signed him. Congrats. Good luck. Or uh, I'm sorry. Um, the the coach. Uh, they got the Celtics. They got fired. Yeah. Yeah, they got fired. But uh. But they have the first pick, right, Houston? Or they're probably they gonna have the first pick. Pro- I think they. Yeah, they 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 record wise they should. Obviously, it's a lottery, lottery, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. You got anything else we'll talk about before we get out of here? I think if they play Boston, they lose in six. Um, I think they just don't match it. They just don't match up well. If they play the Knicks, I think Sixers in five or six. Um, and uh, you're looking at an Easter Conference final. You see, Knicks fans, they, they already won the NBA. Yeah. Finals. How nuts is that? <laughs> Insane. How crazy is that? Dude, they didn't even win the series yet, and they're outside celebrating. They went like, like what a three-one or something, and they yeah. went nuts. Yeah, they did it last year too. Like they, uh, or two years ago, because they, I don't think they made the playoffs last year. But two years ago, they, yeah, that's they went seven games against Atlanta. Yeah. Yep, they went seven games against Atlanta, and lost, lost that series, which is why the Sixers played Atlanta in the next series and lost. Yep, they, already... they, they, they crushed Trey Young, and they were celebrating outside of Madison Square Garden just to lose in the first round. Yep. <laughs> you love to see. It. I don't even care about the Knicks that much, but like no. fuck New York. So like, exactly. Um, I, you love to see it. I I don't know what the they didn't even win the series. They won a game. No, it's insane. And they're yeah. out there on the they're on the. That, that's it, what happens. It, it, it looks straight out of a scene from like Phillies winning it World like Series Broad Street. and Broad Street. Exactly. It, 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 it was crazy. It, I mean, they've been they've been mediocre, mediocre for thirty years. So, so that that plays it. something. Right. Yeah. But they haven't even won a series like in the last three years, and and they're outside celebrating. Like, right? How how great would it be to go to the Eastern Conference Finals by beating Brooklyn and New and the like, taking out both New York teams to get there? Like, that would be pretty cool. 
I mean, it's it's a little bit like um, the Eagles playoff run. I mean, obviously yeah. the Sixers aren't the best team in the East, but like it's the sense or it's it's the idea that like we kind of got lucky. Well, I mean, the, the the Eagles deserved it because they were the one seed, but uh, it, it would be it would be very very would they be very fortunate? But we said that against Atlanta two years ago. The Sixers were the one seed, and Atlanta was a five seed or a six seed, whatever they were, and and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So the the, the Hawks. So um. You know, we'll, we'll have yeah. to see it before. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm, I very much, I have a bubble around me with, with this team where it's like, I, I still have to see it before I could sit here and get excited. But I'll tell you this, I will be, you guys will have to like put out a search team if they lose in the finals. Cause I don't know if I can handle the Eagles, the Phillies and, and now the Sixers. And the union, Dom, come on. And well, the at union. Least, at least you don't have to worry <laughs> about the Flyers getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a couple minutes left. I, Chris, I know you kind of wanted to talk about the Jalen Hurts comments. Did, did you want to touch on this at all? Um, you guys want to get into it? I, yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's a little bit. Um, so basically, did you have the? You don't have the exact quote, do you? The the quote. Should have looked it up. They asked him, um, "How does it feel to be like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL?" And his answer was. I'm not directing direct the quote, but it was um, money's nice, but championships are better. I think that's what he said. Like the money's nice, but championships are better. I just, I don't like the comment because why do you bring up the money? Like, I think Dom said it perfectly when, when he said like, you just say like, yeah, championships are the most important. The money's great, but but yeah, the money's great, but championships is uh, championship is what is on my mind right now. Like, yeah. that's that's I my number one. thing. Basically, what he said. He said no, money is nice. Money's nice. Championships are better. Was the quote. Well, like I my thing would say like, don't even bring up the money because you just got paid fifty one well, million dollars. To be fair, I don't, I don't know if you heard it. I didn't hear the question asked. So you, I don't know if the reporter asked about the contract, he about did. the money. Okay, so he asked about the about like being. The I think that matters. I think that matters though. If I you did. get asked about the money, it's hard to kind of ignore the fifty million dollar a year contract you sign. I, I don't know. I still, uh, I still love the guy. So he is apparently people are calling him him now. Him? Yeah. Him, him. He's he is him. Yeah, him. Yep. I, I mean, like, I, I hate to be all negative, Nancy. Wow, he hates son. Sirianni, hates hold Harper, on. and hates hold Hurts. On, hold this on, is hold nuts. On. Are we really doing? Are we really hates calling everybody him, that's hold good. Hold on. Are we really in, calling Jalen Hurts? Hold on. Are we really calling Jalen Hurts him after one great season? One? Or like, are we really there? Like, I understand you. You, you, you felt like you had to pay him. That's all well and fine. But like, like, calm down, everybody. Like, we're so reactionary on both sides of the coin. Like, I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as he was two years ago because he was dog shit. I think we all can agree. But I, the jury's still out on if he is as good or as great as he was last season. I think there's kind of a middle ground there. Is that unfair? No, but I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just, we're, we only have those two seasons to go off of, and. Uh, I guess I guess um, the better season happened sooner than the you know the bad sure. season. So you know you're kind of hoping he stays that way. And it, I just I just think people are having a good time. You know, people are having a good time with Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay, fair enough. He's him. He's him. 
Fair enough. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, fun show with uh, talking talking to Chad Durbin. So we're we'll get out of here. And when, so the Sixers next series won't start till what next week or next month? Weeks? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> three weeks. When the first when the first round of the NBA playoffs are over. Um, but we'll talk about it next week or whenever it starts. Um, follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Fired Up Sports. Check out Manscape and Seat Geek. Um, we will see everybody next Monday. See it.